Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads. Now let's join Pastor Patrick McGuire with today's message. Good morning. Ooh, that felt good. I liked that. Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I like it. All right. Well, this morning we're going to be in Romans chapter 1, and we're going to be in Romans 12. Uh, those are the two chapters we will be in. We're going to start with reading Romans 1, uh, starting verse 10, and uh, then we will transition over. I'll read a few verses from Romans 12. We will pray and see what God has for us. Amen. Amen. Let's do it. Verse 10 says, One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to the people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Romans 12, starting verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. God, we thank you so much for this morning for this beautiful day that we have to come and gather in your presence. And God, we just ask that you would speak to us. God, I ask that as my words go forth, they would be words that are from your heart. Because God, that's what we need today. We want to know more of you. We want to grow closer to your heart, God, to your heart for us. And so God, come speak and move. Have your way with us this morning. And let us leave here changed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so a significant thing happened this past weekend. Uh, It took course over three days, and it was months, if not years, in the making. And uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? The NFL draft. All right. Yes. Now, how many of you watch football? Okay, cool. 
I got some friends here. That's great. Those of you who don't watch football or like football, we'll pray for you later, and uh, we can still be friends. No worries, right? So the NFL draft happened, and for those of you who don't know how the draft works is each team has a pick for the rounds, and sometimes more, it gets complicated, okay? But it's an opportunity for each team to take a look at their needs and say, hey, what do we need to either reinvent ourselves? What do we need to reinforce who we are? Or uh, what, what do we need to like just rejuvenate what, what it is we're trying to do here? And so they have three days and seven rounds to find people who can make that happen. And so teams are looking for players who exemplify the culture of the organization and are capable of leaving a legacy to, you know, of that organization to the next generation of people who come in. And so initially, I really did not like this event. I didn't really see a whole lot of purpose to it. Uh, some of you are probably like, why in the world are we talking about this? And what does this have to do with church? Uh, I promise I'll get there. But um, it was just kind of one of those things. And then I just kind of got fascinated with the idea that these teams who are trying to do those things that I just mentioned, that they can look and one player who can be a generational talent can take a team that was down in the dumps and take them all the way to being a playoff or championship contender, right? Or somebody who is overpassed and overlooked by so many other people can go in the sixth or seventh round on day three and they can end up being one of the greatest to ever play the game, right? So it, there's just this dynamic of teams looking for people who fit the mold, who fit what it is they're trying to accomplish and the purpose that they have. And I feel like God is doing the same thing, right? God is looking for people who exemplify his culture, right? Who can be an example for others, who can come in and help bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. And he's looking for people who can come in, who can learn how he does things and then leave a legacy and pass it to the next generation. Amen. Do we believe that's what God is doing? Amen. So God is working in this way. And I just, I want to start, I really believe, I just want to start by affirming the fact that you are chosen. Okay? That the pick is in and it's you. You can put your name in the gap. All right? You have been chosen by God to be on his team. Right? To be a part of what it is he is hoping to do. And you might think, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm serving, I'm great, you know, this is happening, but God might say, hey, I need you in the background. I need you working over here, growing in these areas, right? You might feel like God has overlooked you, right? That other people have overlooked you, that they have, you know, similar to how Pastor Jared was telling us with Hannah, that they've spoken down to you, that they've said you have no hope, no potential, and I just want you to know God does not see you that way. God sees all the potential inside of you because he put it there, He put it there from the beginning of time. That potential is there. He has chosen you. He has called you according to his purpose, right? So, and we can see that in Romans 1, right? Romans 1, Paul is introducing himself, and he says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, chosen by God, chosen by God to be an apostle, right? chosen by God. Paul did not deserve to be chosen. Paul should have been written off, and he should have disqualified himself long ago. But Jesus showed up, and he said, hey, I choose you. I don't care what your past mistakes are. I don't care what that is. I know the potential I've put inside of you, and I want you on my team. 
And I believe God wants each of you to know that here this morning, that he wants you on his team, all right? And it's not just to sit on the bench. God's not looking for bench warmers, okay? God wants you in the game. God wants you making a difference. God wants you changing this community. God wants you changing the community we find ourselves in, right? He wants us to make an impact, and he chose us to do it. There's one other thing that I like about the draft, and that's that when the draft is over and players haven't called their name, or players haven't heard their name called, it doesn't mean it's over for them. Because teams can still go and say, hey, look, everybody passed you up. I still want you. Let's make a deal right now. What decision are you going to make? Are you going to jump on? Are you going to be a part of our team? Because we see that you have value for us. And that's what God is saying. He's saying, you have value. And I want you on my team. And so this morning, I just feel like that is the goodness of God for us. Right? That we have been chosen. That we have value. And I want us to think about how are we going to respond to that goodness. Right? Because it's great for us to say, hey, you know, I believe in the goodness of God and we can praise and worship. But what is our response going to be to God's goodness? We can read in Romans 1, verse 5. Paul's continuing his introduction. He says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. So that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Right? Tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, God's goodness. Amen? God's goodness. So that they will believe and do what? And do what? It's there. Believe and obey. Everybody say obey. There's a response that we need to have. Right? God's goodness brings us to this point of belief in him, and there's this response of obedience that we need to have. And so as we are considering how we respond, I think it's important that when we look at this, we understand the culture that God has, right? And some of the characteristics and stuff of that culture. And so his kingdom culture, the culture that we are supposed to exemplify, I just want to point out three things that we can see in Romans chapter 1. And the first is that it is noticeable, okay? God's culture, his kingdom culture is noticeable. It stands apart from the culture that most people would be familiar with, right? And we can see that as Paul is talking about Romans, the church, and he says in verse 8, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. All over the world. It's noticeable. The second thing we can see is that God's culture is fruitful verse 13, Paul's continuing. He says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. There should be spiritual fruit that is a part of God's culture, that is a part of being obedient, and that fruit beginning to be produced inside of each and every one of us right? Teams, they're not just looking to bring a player in and be like, okay, cool, do what you're doing. They want to develop that player, right? That's what God wants to do with us. He wants to develop us. He wants us to bear fruit through his Holy Spirit. Amen? And the third thing is that God's kingdom is powerful, 
right? That kingdom culture is powerful. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. The good news about Christ is the power of God at work. He is working in us. He is working through us. Amen? To bring his kingdom here for that message to go forth. And we have a role to play, right? As we are chosen, we are on his team. That is his mission. That is his goal for us. And the question is, what are some of these team requirements, right? There are some team requirements that we need to take into consideration as we are part of God's team. And as you look back at Romans 12, I'm going to read again in verse 9. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now I have a question. <clears throat> Anybody see any check boxes there? Like check all that apply, right? Where it's like, okay, I can do the genuine affection thing maybe, and maybe I can do, you know, the serving enthusiastically. Not sure about those other stuff. Anybody see any check boxes in there? No, okay, that's, you know, It'd be convenient if there was, but that's not how this works, right? These are ge general team guidelines that we all are supposed to follow. And it's like every time I read that list, I'm like, man, there's another thing I got to do. And there's another one I got to improve on. And I thought I was really good with this one, but God's like, nope, you got to keep working on that one. That's a long list, right? But the cool thing is, is that we don't have to do it on our own, right? Once God drafts us on to his team, and we are chosen to be a part of his family, is not just like, oh, make it happen. Praise God. Amen? Right? He gives us his Holy Spirit in Philippians 2. One of my favorite verses. Philippians 2, verse 13 says, for God is working in you. Everybody say, in me. In me. Nah, you need to say it like you mean it. Say, in me giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. The desire and the power. He's got your back, right? You don't have to feel the weight of, oh, I got to meet all these expectations, and I have to be like this phenomenal, perfect person. You don't have to meet that on your own, right? God gives you the desire, and not only does he give you the desire, he gives you the power to do it. Amen. He gives us the strength to be the examples that he has called us to be, right? To be a part of bringing the kingdom of heaven here and carrying forward the legacy that has come before us, right? He gives us that. And so it's awesome that we have that. And so as we, you know, kind of continue with this thought of, okay, we're on God's team. We understand what his culture looks like, right? His culture is you know, noticeable, it's fruitful, it's powerful, and there's some guidelines that we got to follow along with. But, you know, my question for you is this, are you a team player? 
because, you know, somebody could get drafted and they could not be a team player, right? They could be, I'm in it for me. I'm in it like, I know my talent. I know my gifts, right? And I'm going to do what I want to do, okay? Or you maybe, you have somebody who's a wide receiver and the coach is like, hey, I need you to be a tight end. And they're like, what? No. That's, that's not what I'm supposed to do, right? Are you a team player? Are you willing to play the role that God wants you to play in this season right now, okay? Because the role you're playing now may not be the role you're playing in the future, right? You might be content in this role, and God does this thing. I don't know if you've noticed this. I, I noticed this. He's got this thing where you're content, where he's got you, and then he's like, nah, we're going we gonna to move it over here. Yeah, we're we going to take you over here. We're going to stretch you a little bit, put you outside that comfort zone, increase your strengths and that sort of thing so that you can do something more right? So he takes us from that comfort zone. He brings us. So are you a team player? Okay? And with that, you know, it's important that we recognize the type of team we're on. Because God's team is diverse. Amen? Amen? God's team is diverse. And it's diverse in three ways. It's diverse in age. I'm going to say that one again. It's diverse in age. There we go. We're awake right? Everybody, every age has a role that they can play. It's diverse in age. It's diverse in color and culture. Amen. Amen. That color and that culture can bring new perspective. And you might have a two-dimensional vision of God's goodness. All of a sudden you meet somebody, different color, different culture, and they bring a whole nother side to it. And that perspective of God's goodness goes from 2D to 3D, just like that. And God's so good, he could take it to 10D. I don't know what that would be, but you know, God can just do amazing things. Amen? So color and culture, the third thing, all right, that brings diversity to God's team is gifting, right? There are different giftings, right? When I said team requirements, that was things everybody can do, right? You don't necessarily have to be like, okay, I'm going to read it for you. Romans 12, we're going to read verse 4. We're going to start there. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We are all members of one team working for one goal. Amen? In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Amen? There's different gifts. There's one caveat, though. There's one. I skipped over it on purpose. Okay? Because before Paul mentions any of this, right? Whatever gifts you might have before Paul mentions that, he says in verse 3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. It's important to pay attention to warning signs, right? Keep us from jumping off the cliff. Here we go. Don't think you are better than you really are. I don't know if I want to continue. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Ooh, 
measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. You know, when Paul introduces himself, he talks about the fact that, hey, I'm an apostle. But before he brings that up, he says, hey, I'm Paul, a servant. Depending on your translation, it might say slave. To Jesus Christ, to the gospel. He is submitted, right? He is submitted. Regardless of your gifting, if you aren't submitted to God's plan, your gifting is not going to make the room for you that it should. Amen? It's got to be submitted. It's got to be given to God and serving for God, not for ourselves. Last I checked, I've, been, I've read the Bible a few times. Last I checked, I did not see anybody in the Bible who had a gifting that was just for them. Anybody else? Please let me know. That would be great. Take a lot of pressure off of me. No? Okay. God doesn't give us gifts for ourselves. They are for the body right? They are for us to be able to minister to other people, to spread the gospel, and it's for everybody on the team. It's not just three people's job to do that, right? Everybody has a role to play. You all have a role to play, okay? And it's not riding the bench. No bench warmers, Don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord, right? It all boils down to serving the Lord. Your gifts should serve the Lord. Your gifts should serve people. Romans 12.1, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Daily making decisions, saying, hey, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to humble myself, devote myself, take away my vote, submit, submit to God's mission, right? Submission, come under that mission to say, hey, God, what do you want me to do? So are you a team player? Is your circle reflective of God's team? Does it have all of those pieces to it? All right. Now, here's the thing with teams. Teams have veterans on them, right? And we've got some veterans in the building. All right. I won't ask you to raise your hands. <clears throat> but there are some of you, you've been around the block, right? You've been in a relationship with God for a long time. And that doesn't mean that it's time to phase out of the team. That means that it's time, hey, you need to coach up some of these other people. You need to come alongside them. You need to lift them up. You need to help them step in to their potential because they may not be able to realize their potential, but you might be able to see it. God might reveal that to you and you might be able to come alongside them and say, hey, let me help you get to where God wants you to be, right? To coach them up because you know, right? So there's veterans. Then there's the rookies who come in. But they can make a difference, right? Yes? They can make a difference. The next generation can make a difference. See, here's the thing with leaving a legacy. You have to have someone to leave it to. A legacy with no inher inheritance or no a word. There's a word for it. 
Sure. There we go. We'll go with that one. Right? A legacy with no dependence, that's the word I was thinking, um, is not worth anything. Right? You've got to have somebody to pass it down to. So does your circle involve those people, right, that you can pass something on to? Amen? And does your circle involve people who have a different perspective than you? Does your circle involve people who maybe at one point annoyed you? Got on your nerves? You wanted to punch them in the face? (sighs) See, I got one of those in my circle. All right. How many of you know how many of you know Nathaniel Grubner? Some, 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 okay, just, just wait till I'm done. Wait till I'm done. Okay. So some of you guys know Nathaniel. All right, when I first got here and I started to kind of get to know Nathaniel, uh, don't worry, everything I'm about to say, he already knows. I told it to him to his face. Okay? So when I first got to know Nathaniel, I was like, man, this guy, no, I just, I can't. He got on my nerves. I was like, I, I can't understand his attitude. I can't understand his behavior. And he'd be like, yo, what's up, best friend? And I'm like, no, I don't want to be your best friend, let alone your friend, right? Like, just, just no, okay? Like, there were times I would purposely try to avoid him. Be like, oh, he's over there. I'm going to go hang with these people, right? But there was one moment, one moment that changed it. Because there was one moment when I was in an emotional crisis. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And honestly, I wanted to give up. I felt like I had failed worse than anybody. And I felt like at that moment, my future was just down the tank. And I just wanted to be alone, to wallow in my self-pity. He said one word, no. He wouldn't let me do that. He stuck by me, and he encouraged me through that time like no friend I'd ever had before. And now he is my best friend. So when you are looking at your circle, if your circle all looks like you, you might want to rethink your circle. My dad would tell it to me this way. He said, Patrick, there's one of you. Two is unnecessary. (laughs) The world don't need two Patricks, okay? And I'm in agreement. The world does not need two of me. One is enough. (laughs) But the same is true about you. The world doesn't need two of you. It needs you. And you don't need two of yourself. You need someone else who can give you that different perspective, who can encourage you. When you look at what Paul, when he first was talking about wanting to visit the Romans, he said, yeah, I want to use my gift to encourage and strengthen you. But not just that. I want to be encouraged by you. There was this give and this flow that came from it right? It was working together. You know, iron sharpens iron. There's a little bit of friction that has to be there. And if you don't have friction in your life, how are you supposed to get sharper? 
So I'm just saying, maybe the person that's really annoying you and, you know, you're just like, I'm done with this person. Maybe God's brought them to you as a blessing in disguise. Amen? Here's the other thing, the other question, as far as are you a team player. Two, is do people want to play on your team? Head scratcher. Um, yeah, about that. Do people want to play on your team? Do they want you as a teammate? I've had teammates over the years of playing sports that I'm like, I do not want that person on my team. Okay? For a variety of different reasons. Sometimes it's an attitude thing. Sometimes it's a behavior thing. Right? There's some different reasons for it. But my question is, are there things that maybe you need to change or adjust? Right? I'm not talking about a total 180 transformation, although for some of you. That was a joke. It was a joke. But what are some things that maybe you need to change in order to get the right people to be around you? Because clearly what was happening in Rome got Paul's attention. And Paul wanted to be a part of it. In spite of all the difficulties and stuff that the church in Rome would have had to endure during that time, right? With the Jews in conflict there, conflict with Rome, in spite of all of that, they were still producing fruit. There was something there that Paul wanted to be a part of, so much so he tried multiple times to get there. And God said, not yet. But eventually he got to go. But is there something about you that draws other people in? Or is there something about you that pushes them away? So with the remaining time, I want to talk about leaving a legacy. What kind of legacy are you wanting to leave? Is it your legacy or is it God's legacy? Is it what you think it's supposed to be or is it what God actually wants it to be? And do you have someone to leave it to? To us as a congregation. This building right here and those in first service, those of you watching online, if you're a part of this church, we're all a team. And we have a mission that we need to fulfill. And there was a mission that we put out at the beginning of 2020. After our board had met and our staff had met, we put out this statement. It said, Rock Church exists to build a diverse community that sees each generation represented, valued, and working together for the cause of Christ. What role can you play in that? What can you do to help that happen? Because we believe that's what God is wanting to do here. Right? We're believing that that's what God is working in this community to accomplish. So that we can be a beacon. Right? So that this community can be something that is different, that is noticeable. Right? So that this community can continue to be a community that bears fruit. So that this community can continue to be a community 
that just has the power of the gospel behind it, moving and impacting the lives of people in Rockford? What role can you play? So three questions there. What's your role? Some of you might not know what your role is, right? Some of you might not really know, hey, what might my spiritual gift be? What might be some of my strengths? You might not know. That's okay. That's why we're all here, right? So we can come alongside one another. But how are we supposed to help if you don't ask the question? Right? Sidebar. Let's talk about conversations real quick. Okay. One thing that's really cool is that we have, in Romans 1, we have Paul praying for the Roman church because he had heard about them. Right? So, he had heard, which means he cared to hear. Good? He listened. Right? That list of things in Romans 12 that God asks us to do Right? When God's people are in need, be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality. How are you going to be able to do that if you aren't asking the questions to know what needs to happen? Which goes to question number two. What gap can you fill? Where is a need? So for me, when I was first starting in ministry, um, it was fifth grade when I started volunteering in children's ministry. I wasn't there for the kids. I was there for the computers and the soundboard and the fun lights. And that way I didn't have to be in the service. I got to be in like this little booth or whatever. And I got to just like sit there and chill. That's how I got started in children's ministry. Yes. But as I started with something, God was able to take that and move that and say, hey, no, I've actually given you a gifting here but it's not in the way you thought. But you got to start somewhere, right? So what gap can you fill? What role can you play? And it all boils down to how can you serve? Serving is the key. My dad would tell me serving is one of the greatest ways that you can get deeper in your relationship with God. It's through serving. Because I believe it does. And the more you can do that, the better life is. Amen? So we have the garage sale. And once again, thank you to everybody who volunteered for that. And I had the opportunity to volunteer on Sunday and volunteer on Friday. So on Sunday, when we were pulling everything out of the houses, all the heavy furniture, all the stuff, all the boxes, bringing it all over here, filling up the gym and putting all the furniture out there in the foyer, you couldn't even get into the sanctuary. There was so much stuff. And so I got to be a part of that. And I got to be a part of Friday when we were just wrapping up, cleaning and putting things away. Okay? Now let me tell you my initial motivation going into those days. Obligation. I felt obligated that I needed to be there to help with this. Let me tell you how I felt when I left. Joy. Absolute joy. Because there's something about serving that just brings joy. It just sparks inside of you a desire for other people, right? I got to serve alongside people that I hadn't served alongside with before. And yeah, it's, it's some work, 
right? But work with people is fun. Work by yourself, not fun, right? But work with people. You get to work with the right people, the right team. That's what makes it a joy. That's what helps it to be a blessing to you, and you get to be a blessing for them. And I just, I got to experience that. And I want you guys to be able to experience that too. And so there might be some of you, you are volunteering. You are a leader in like a different team in a different ministry. That's fantastic. Who can you bring along with you? Who can you talk to, to bring other people in, to volunteer with you, to build those relationships? You want deep relationships? Serve together. Honestly, that's the best way to do it, is serve together then you can grab your cup of coffee. Right? But who can you bring to serve alongside of you? And for some of you, it's, okay, where do I start? How do I start to serve? And that's where you start with that question. Right? And you talk to one of us, and we can put you in contact with the right people. And we're working on putting together something that'll just say, hey, if you're interested in serving, you just let us know. And we'll help you find the spot. We'll help you find the right position. We want you to succeed. God wants you to succeed, right? God will lead you into the right spaces, but you gotta take steps. Not off the cliff, don't do that. Amen? Would you stand with me? We're gonna start with a quick declaration. I want you all to say, I am chosen. Let's say it again. Say, I am chosen. I have potential. I won't waste it. I'm going to work it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity we've had to gather together in your presence. God, that we can come before you and we can respond to your goodness. God, that your goodness leads us to a place of obedience not out of obligation, but out of love. Out of an understanding of how much you love us. Jesus, we thank you for what you did on that cross. That even when we would have been deemed by so many people as unworthy, disqualified, no value, that you saw joy for the joy set before you for the relationship that you desired to have with each one of us, for the potential that you put inside each of us, you endured the cross. And so God, we thank you for that. And in three days you rose. You rose in victory, you rose in power. And you gave us your Holy Spirit. So now that we are on your team, God, as we make that choice, and maybe some of you haven't made that choice yet to be on God's team, God's coming and he's prompting you on your heart. He's saying, hey, I want you on my team. I love you so much. If you would confess with your heart and believe, or confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was the son of God, both man and God, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for your sins, for my sins, for all of our sins, that we might be made right again through his resurrection. If you believe that, that's all it takes to be on God's team. 
for those of us who are on God's team. God, help us to be the players you need us to be. Help us to not sit on the bench. Help us to get into the game. God, help us to bring other people alongside of us. Give us boldness, God, to be uh, witnesses for you. God, that we might share the good news. God, it's your good news that has power. God, let our lives be something that is noticeable, not for us, but a life that is noticeable because it brings glory to you. And Holy Spirit, produce fruit in us. Those things we read in Romans 12, 9 through 18, God, help us to be able to live that out. That we might be able to love with genuine affection. That we might be able to serve enthusiastically. That we might be able to live at peace with everyone as much as it is in our ability to do so. That, God, we would not be a people who seeks to be understood, but, God, we would be a people who seek to understand. God, that we would be a light in the darkness. And, God, thank you that you give us the desire and the power to be able to do that. God, that we might be able to live out the potential you put within us. That we might leave a legacy for the next generation. God, let this community be a diverse community that sees each generation represented, valued, and working together for the cause of Christ, for your cause, God. We exemplify your kingdom and we carry on your legacy. God, I pray that you'd be with all these people as they go throughout the rest of the week. Bless them, be with them. Give them joy in the midst of whatever circumstances they might face. We declare that you are greater. And God, don't let what is happening here in this moment end out those doors. Let it continue. Let your word grow deep. God, I pray that your word would be watered and it would bear fruit. And so God, we give you all that we are. We devote ourselves to you. We take our, de- our v- vote away. We submit, we come under your mission. Use us, God. Let us be your hands and feet. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we hope that you'll join us in person for a service soon. Our service times are on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. God bless you.